0: Welcome to the Security Sessions podcast, brought to you by Talis and hosted by me, Nara Jones. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing the technologies, people, and processes behind information security and delving into topics like data security, remote access, and digital transformation. We'll be speaking to Talis and industry experts to bring you fresh perspectives on how to navigate the okay. world of cloud security. Welcome to the Talis Security Sessions podcast. Today, we have another great bonus episode for you. Mapping data flows is a fundamental part of the enterprise data management process. There's in fact no way an organization can understand their data processing cycle without knowing where their data is located. Despite this, Findings from a 2021 Data Threat Report by Thales reveals that only 24% of companies have complete knowledge of where their data is stored. In this episode, Dr. Eric Cole, founder and CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, and Todd Moore, Global Head of Encryption Solutions at Thales, look at the relationship between data flows, data discovery, automation, and understanding the data management process. Enjoy.
1: Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Cole, and I will be your host for today's podcast. I am the founder and CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, a company that is focused on building out effective security roadmaps that actually work to protect an organization. In today's podcast, I'll be speaking with Todd Moore, global head of encryption solutions at Talus We're going to be looking at data discovery, the future of data flows, and the importance of automation. Thank you for joining me today, Todd. And if you could just first let the audience know a little bit about yourself before we get started.
2: Hi, hi, Erica. How are you doing today, my as you said, um, Todd Moore, um, I'm responsible for our encryption products at TALIS. I've been in the security industry for over 30 years now. I, I started uh, working with U.S. federal government uh, with a defense contractor for the first 20 years of my career and then moved into the commercial security side about 10 years ago. And it's been a fascinating journey. And, you know, security has always been an interest of mine, but it's really becoming an interest of the world right now as as we see more and more breaches and and more and more hacking attempts on on all our platforms throughout uh, what we do in our daily lives.
1: I definitely agree with you. Security has changed. I remember in the 90s when I worked in cybersecurity and you'd ask people or they'd ask you what you do and you say cybersecurity and they look at you like you're a weird person. And and now today, cyber is a household name and it's pretty cool to work in cyber. So, So let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, to the material. So let's start with understanding Talus's position of discover, protect, and control based on the CypherTrust data security platform. Can you sort of explain this platform and how it works a little more?
2: Sure. Um, so, data security, uh, our CypherTrust data security platform was released last year. It really is the combination of uh, two legacy uh, data protection platforms. So, just a little bit about the background Talis has been in. The data protection space for almost 20, 25 years. Um, it's bringing together two legacy platforms through acquisition, Vermetric uh, and SafeNet, some household name brand, brands, if you will, around data protection. And and both companies, um, SafeNet and Vermetric, have been protecting uh, companies' information for a very long period of time, as they just mentioned. Well, when Talos acquired the companies and brought them together, we wanted to take the best of both and bring them into a new platform, which we branded CipherTrust. And what we recognized was that we had three words that really described what we did for our customers: um, discover protect and control when it came to data protection. And for many years, all we really focused on was the protect and control pieces. And there was this, this discovery element that was upfront. I mean, we used to say to customers, if you can find your critical information, what's important to you, we can protect it better than anyone else in the world. Well, what we wanted to do with the CypherTrust data security platform was really add that discovery piece to the platform to really give this user from beginning to end experience, a very good user experience where we could help find the critical information, and then we could apply all those world-class protection and controls that we've been doing for many, many years. So that was the uh, how CypherTrust came to be. Um, one element I do want to mention is you might say to yourself, well, all right, so you guys are really good in the protection space and you want to do discovery. Are you just going to build this from scratch? And, you know, we knew there was a lot of great partners out there that did discovery. So we went out and talked to a lot of those partners. We found an OEM vendor uh, with Ground Labs. Um, Ground Labs is a discovery company that's been in the industry for over 10 years, and they're very good at it. So we decided to work with someone that was a pioneer, was a strong enterprise deliverer of a discovery capability, and integrate that into the platform. So now when you walk into our platform or use our platform from beginning to end, you can set it up to go find critical data throughout your organization and then protect it.
1: That's amazing. And that's something I see all the time where companies just don't know where their data is. They think it's in one location. They're protecting that information, but it resides in other locations. And that's unfortunately where the attacker and adversary goes after. So I think that integration of discovery, protect, and control is exactly what the industry needs. Now, I also know that Talos recently published a data threat report on data security in the era of accelerated cloud transformation and remote work. What can you tell us about the main findings from that report that really jumped out at you?
2: Sure, so this is a report that uh, Talos has been doing for many years now. Um, it's a survey, if you will, that goes out to over 2,500 CISOs and security professionals around the world and ask them, them a lot of questions about the state of data security. And this year, we focused on COVID and uh, the transformation to remote work. And some of the findings that that really jumped out at me was when we asked folks who was ready for this 100% remote work from home due to the COVID, uh, the virus and the pandemic, only 20% were really ready to work from home. And and one of the metrics that came out um, was that only 55%. Of the respondents had fully deployed multi-factor authentication, and that, that was just hard for me to believe because multi-factor authentication has been around forever. Uh, we use it in our daily lives in that two-factor authentication, but only 55% had said it been fully deployed in their organization, and that's one of the basic things that folks have to do. The other, uh, another major finding was we found that when people went away from the office, they started to use the cloud, uh, public cloud, um, software as a service applications. One third of the respondents said that over 50% of their workloads are now being done in cloud or software as a service applications. But the the big finding from an encryption guy perspective was that only 17% of those using public cloud or software as a service applications were encrypting or protecting the information. And that just seems like a huge attack surface uh, for the hackers and all the threat actors out there that if you're using off premise, applications not being able to protect your information
1: Yeah, yeah that, that's shocking to me especially the data encryption and the two-factor authentication any idea on why those numbers are so low is it just that people don't understand the threat or they don't know how to do it or any additional insight from your experience on why people are just not doing the basic things we know to protect our information
2: i i, I think that um you know it, it is a little bit of knowledge and, and and training and understanding um, the fact that encryption is not being deployed. I mean, not all data not all data is created equal. We're, we're talking about uh, data on this call. Not not all data is created equal, but it's important for an organization to know what's important for you. And as you think about all the worldwide privacy and compliance regulations coming out, there is this concept of safe harbor that if you are breached and someone steals your information, if that information is properly protected, and encryption and tokenization is a, a proper data protection method, you don't necessarily have to report that breach to the customers or to the authorities. So there is a good reason to be protecting the information when it's in those public clouds. But I think again, some of it's just knowledge and training. The other is the fact that uh, folks think that encryption is hard. It's this stereotype that to being able to protect information is something that's difficult. And companies like Talus and with the CipherTrust data security platform, we're trying to make it easy we're going to talk a little bit more later about automation and orchestration and making things easy but for us that, that's our goal we want to make it easier for folks to deploy encryption because it's not as hard or as complicated as folks might might
1: think i agree with that and whenever i hear about one of these large data breaches i always sit there and scratch my head and going but why didn't they use encryption correctly right why don't they put it out there now i know when i went through the report a shocking statistic for me was that only 24 percent of respondents indicated that they have complete knowledge of where their data is stored. How important are data flows and how should companies be approaching this to properly understand their data process and get a better grip on where their data is actually located?
2: Great question, Eric. The uh, the twenty four percent was another shocking statistic that came out of the report. You know, I I, I talked to some other audiences, uh, U.S. federal agencies in particular, about um, this statistic of only twenty four percent of respondents knowing where their data is, and and the feedback from that audience was twenty four percent sounds high. Believe it or not, that that there's there's uh, folks out there that would say that twenty four percent. is is too high of a number because less folks know where their data is being stored. So it is shocking that uh, you know even now as we went to remote working and working from home, there's this huge amount of data sprawl. Uh, we, We talked about working in public cloud and software as a service applications, but there's mobile devices. We all have multiple mobile devices when we're interacting with our home office networks. And there's data that's going in all those different places. So you have all this data sprawl all over the place. And from a company perspective, If you don't know where your sensitive data is, um, then you can't protect it. We talked about that earlier. But there's also regulations that are driving the fact that if you don't know where your data is, you've got to protect that information because there's privacy laws, um, there's personal information, there's sensitive data that's company, but also to you as a person that really needs to be controlled and protected. So discovering that data and being able to know where those data flows are going and where your data is flowing is so important when setting up that risk map. Because once you understand where that data is flowing to, then you can take that next step of actually putting the right controls in place, depending on where that data is going.
1: Now, you mentioned data sprawl. Can you sort of talk a little bit about what that is, why it's a problem, and what can organizations do to better handle
2: it? Sure. So I I think that just the fact that in this technology, the world that we live in, this digital transformation is is a buzzword. But but we have all this uh, capability available to us all the different ways for us to get our job done. And and quite frankly, left to their own devices, employees of companies, um, my own family, we're going to find ways to get the job done. So the idea is, you know, if I am unable to take a large file and move it across my network's approved uh, file sharing program, I'm going to go use something maybe outside um, of what my my company said I should use maybe a Dropbox or a box, to just to name drop, a few names. But there's, there's a lot of file sharing programs out there. But the idea is that people really, truly have good intents. They, they want to, uh, to be able to do their job. And uh, in the process, they sometimes forget that, we forget that um, there's critical data that could be in some of the content that we're having to move whether it's through a text message, whether it's through a file share, whether it's through just a, a software as a service application that we quickly sign up to, a cloud service that we quickly sign up to to get our job done. And so because all this activity is happening, uh, we kind of lose control of where that data is going. And, and, and that's a problem for an organization, especially when the auditor comes in and says, hey, do you know where all your data is at? And can you make sure that you're not leaking anything that's important? And so that, that's a problem for a lot of organizations with the data sprawl.
1: Now, we've been talking about that data discovery element. I want to drill down into that a little bit because I I believe with the proper data discovery, we can boost that 24% number and make it higher. But how can organizations achieve a data discovery enterprise-wide solution that is simple to deploy, easy to integrate, and scale
2: across the organization? Excellent question. So, um, So first off, discovery, data discovery, is not a one and done. Um, It has to be something that you're continuously monitoring and checking for. You know, we talk about data going in a lot of different places. Um, There's a lot of different unstructured, structured or different types of data, databases versus a storage uh, cloud service program. So you got to be able to set up a system, uh, an architecture that allows you to, if you will, a net to capture where those data flows are going and being able to interrogate that data and see if it is important to your organization. You don't need to protect All the data that goes through, again, not all data is created equal, but when you do find something that's important to you as an organization or fits within a compliance regulation, you want to be able to protect that. And and having a platform, and then again, this comes back to the CypherTrust platform, having a single platform that allows you to find that information, set up a policy or a rule that says, hey, when you find something that's critical to an organization, maybe in an existing place or a new place, And now we can protect that in some way. And and, and protection can come from encryption. We talked about that earlier. I mentioned tokenization earlier, but it can also just be access control, who has access to that information. The idea there is that you apply what your organization policies are in a seamless way from a centralized platform across all these different data stores and data elements that are out there.
1: Now, this sounds like a great solution. So can you give us a little bit some of the benefits from a threat perspective of doing this data discovery?
2: Sure. So... Mentioned it earlier, but there's a lot of examples we, from hacking or breach attempts that uh, once you find data, if it's not adequately protected, um, it can be stolen and it can be monetized. I mean, that's what the hackers are looking for. Um, the good news is from a, a reducing a threat perspective by having a, an adequate data discovery, classification, protection, automated process platform in place, you can reduce your threat vector, your threat surface. By knowing where your data is, you really can understand what the risks are to your organization. And it it really is kind of around risk. It's about risk versus business process. You know, if you have a centralized platform that can say, this is what my organization is doing and how the data flow, the data is flowing throughout the organization in all these different places, you can actually come up with a risk score. And and our platform does give a, a risk score to a CISO, a very high level executive in the company to say, this is how my organization is doing in terms of protecting the data that's flowing throughout its organization. But it also creates a bunch of different detailed reports so that someone within the IT department or with an owner of the data um, can actually look at that report and say, oh, someone in my organization is putting data in a spot that maybe is important for me getting my job done, but it's not being protected properly. So I can take an action to do something there with the platform. So overall, um, you're managing your risk, which is reducing your threat by having knowledge. And, you know, I. It, it may be not the right phrase, but knowledge is power. And, you know, if you don't know where your data is, go back to the 24% metric. How can you have the power to be able to protect it? So, so it does reduce your threats with a platform like CypherTrust.
1: Now, we've been talking a lot about the Discover, and we mentioned Protect with the encryption. Can you talk a little bit about the control piece and how that integrates with the other two?
2: Sure. No. I, I sometimes uh, you focus on the first two, but yeah, the third, the third leg, if you will, the third uh, part of discover, protect, control is so important. Control is really about centralized management. We think about uh, when you think about encryption, there is an encryption key that is used to be able to protect. Um, information and keys are actually more important than the protection, the encryption algorithm, the math itself. So, so, keeping those keys in a centralized location and controlling those keys in a sense that you are managing the keys by rotating them, by deleting them when someone leaves an organization, by updating them, you have control over your data from that perspective. The other element of control, and it is again centralization, is around policy. You're able to set rules, if you will. Um, I call them policies, which allow you to say, what do you do with uh, critical data when you find it? Do you tokenize? Do you encrypt? Do you prevent access? So having that control element really gives you um, the ability to manage your own data. And the other element of control that I I think it's important to haven't talked about is organizations aren't just going all cloud. And some are still all on premise, but most organizations are working across multiple public clouds, Amazon, Azure, Google. They're also working across um, hybrid environments. Uh, they're doing a lot of work still on-premise within their data centers, while at utilizing those major club, cloud cloud uh, service providers. And so, having the ability to control information, keys, and policies across both multi-cloud as well as hybrid environments is so important. So, it really does take the three the three legs, if you will, discover, protect, control, to be able to uh, support a, a full, robust data security strategy.
1: Now, this all sounds great, but what role should automation be playing in this conversation, and how do we achieve that?
2: Well, automation really comes to the user experience. Um, uh, Earlier in our talk, we we spoke about uh, the complexity of encryption, and that might be uh, driving why people aren't doing encryption. Making encryption easier to deploy, uh, there is a strong link to automation and orchestration. So, the user experience, uh, we're all trying to uh, from a platform perspective make it one-stop shop if you will for folks to be able to deploy the appropriate protections um at discover protect control message again and that, and there's a lot of different elements of that i mean i mean security does require um, looking at a lot of different data stores we've talked about that it could be um in the cloud, it could be storage on prem, it could be a file folder system on a server, it may even be a database. But the idea is you have to be able to deploy across all these different environments. And that can be relatively difficult. So, automating that process and making that seamless so that you can do that continuous monitoring is, is very important. Um, the other elements of automation, you know there has to be a way for you to centralize and be able to put those policies across all these different hybrid and multi-cloud environments. So a platform can help you in that way and automation can help you in that way to make sure that you aren't protecting information in storage different than protecting information in file folder. So you want to have an automated way to do that. The other pieces of automated orchestration from a uh, user experience perspective is we do find specifically with data discovery is a lot of the mechanisms out there today you use kind of a reference to decide what's important to an organization. But you've got to have automated ways to be able to do custom data types. Um, Some organizations may feel that some data is more important. That's different than a different organization. And so you want to be able to do customization. That's part of automation. But you also, there is this artificial intelligence piece of what I'm I'm talking about and that many of the engines, the data discovery engines and all this um, control and protect that's coming from that Uh, it's getting so much better. You want to reduce the number of false positives. So you want to make sure that when you're out there looking for critical information, nothing slips through your net, that you're actually finding everything and you're protecting it. So a lot of different elements around automation orchestration, but I think the most important, I guess, Eric, is user experience, right? The users want to be able to to click a button. I mean, the nirvana would be able to click one button, things get deployed, and you get a screen that shows you how everything's being protected. In reality, it's a little bit more difficult in that because organizations are so complex, but we're all reaching for that nirvana and and working that direction from the platform perspective.
1: Now to wrap up the conversation, do you have any case studies that reinforce what we've discussed today that you can go over with us?
2: Sure. And love love to share that with the the folks listening here. Let me me pick the top three when it comes to uh, discovery in particular, um, our focus here today. The first and foremost is uh, we have a, a lot of case studies around regulated industries industries that have a lot of personal identifiable information, PII or personal health information, PHI. One one particular case study would be in the insurance industry. Uh, insurance has a lot of personal information about people as well as around health information. And so insurance has to always keep up to date with uh, what's in their systems and making sure that their databases, whether it's on-premise in the cloud, has... Um, the right controls and the right data protection in place to protect that that personal information. So regulated industry, there's a compliance element, um, a bunch of case studies there that we can share with folks and also in the finance industry as well too. So that'd be one case study I would point out. Another another case study that's uh, popular with our, our customers and our partners is around just consolidation, divestiture, um, it's really mergers and acquisitions, I guess I want to say, in the sense that uh, whenever two organizations come together whether they're outside organizations or an internal to a large company, you gotta know what data you have and make sure it's being properly protected because who knows, you know, two companies may come together, they may have different databases, they may have different systems, IT systems, and you wanna make sure that you've applied, centralized, the same policy across all those different systems when it comes to data protection. And I think that's a case study that's important today as we see a lot of consolidation in our industry. In the tech industry and so that becomes a popular case study for you and then the last one i wanted to mention just quickly eric is 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 dark data and this one's becoming more and more popular with our customers is we talked about data flows and knowing what data you have but it's important to get rid of the data that doesn't mean anything else to you anymore That that's stale that has expired and so you can use the discovery portion of a platform to not just find new data that you want to protect but that old stale data that you don't want anymore. So why do you have personal or critical information in your systems if it's not needed? So data discovery also, instead of just finding the new stuff, helps find some of the old stuff that should be deleted or destroyed. So that's another unique case study around um, discovery that I point out to you.
1: Well, those are great. And thank you, Todd, for your great insight on today's topic. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we've discussed today, make sure you head over to cpl.talusgroup.com.
2: Love this episode of the Talus Security Sessions podcast? Search us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to visit us at cpl.talusgroup.com to access previous episodes, bringing you insights from industry experts on the latest cloud and data security news and trends. Thank you for listening.